0: If the galaxies are the cities, then the clusters is kind of like the county of cities. And they were first discovered to exist by Edwin Hubble in the twenties. So when telescopes were getting bigger and better, and they first gazed upon what originally would just been fuzzy blobs, they actually found they had structure and that they could see sort of spiral arms like you can see in the top left image as well. And they calculated how far they were away from us. And they found that that was actually much more, sorry, much bigger than they ever thought that like the diameter of the Milky Way was. So immediately our universe got exponentially bigger in the space of sort of a couple of years. So if something like that happened today, it would be absolutely monumental. So what you can see here in this slide is that there are two main types of galaxies. There's a spiral galaxy in the top left-hand corner, and there's the elliptical in the bottom right, which is more of sort of like a a blob, basically, if you will. And Hubble, what he tried to do when he first looked at these galaxies was classify them, like all scientists try to do as they find something new, into this sort of spiral and elliptical. But the problem is they come in all different shapes and sizes under that category. So you can get things like this, with a bar running through the centre. So it's spiral, but it's also barred. But then you can get this galaxy. This is also a barred spiral galaxy, but it looks completely different from the first one. And again, another one that looks completely different. And this is the trouble Hubble faced. Then he saw things like this long, thin galaxies with sort of like two fried eggs stuck together on top of each other. And then something like that, completely strange. And then even as irregular as this as well. Where does he put these galaxies? And then also galaxies that are merging together. They're literally colliding, and they're dragging each other apart, changing all their shapes. And also ones crazy things like this. How did it form that ring? We just don't know at the time, anyway. And then even things that are like penguins, which is always my favorite type of galaxy. So Hubble's real struggle was, first of all, classifying them. And first of all, we didn't think there was that many of them. But we found more and more as telescopes got larger and larger. And our problem now is that actually our telescopes are so big now that the size of image we take to see these galaxies is tiny. So it's what we call one arc minute by one arc minute across, usually. It's the size of, gal- size of image that we take with a telescope. And that's a 60th of a degree. Okay? So to give you some sort of scale, the moon is 30 arc minutes across. So when we take a picture, it's kind of like a 30th of the size of the moon. But surely there are some parts of the sky that are dark. Some parts of the sky you should point your telescope at it and you won't be able to see anything, surely. So you can sort of rule those parts out. And that's what we thought a couple of years ago. So the famous Hubble Space Telescope, what we first got that to do was it stared at a dark patch of sky for about four months and collected as much light as it possibly could. It was a part of a constellation called Fornax. And we didn't really know what to expect when we got that picture back. Would it just be completely dark? I tell you, what we got back was definitely not what we were expecting. So staring at a completely dark patch of sky for four months, this is what Hubble returned us. That image is about 10% of the size of the moon. And every single point in that image that you're looking at is a galaxy. So not only the ones that you can see with some shape, but also the tiny weeny dots that you can't make out hardly is also a galaxy. So from Hubble's tiny just Milky Way, that's all we know about, and there's some fuzzy blobs over there, we've gone from that to this. So you can imagine if that's just 10% the size of the moon, if you extrapolate that across the entire sky, that's the kind of numbers of galaxies we're dealing with. These are the numbers that Brian Cox is talking about when he says it's billions and billions and billions of galaxies. This is why. So how on earth are we going to try classifying them all, just like Hubble was doing, if we've got that many? There's just not enough astronomers in the world to do that. It would take them too long. So what we have was we decided about seven years ago to start and try and tackle this problem of classifying all the galaxies that we can physically image. And we had pictures like this from the Sloan Digital Sky Survey, which was another survey that was done of the sky taking lots and lots of images. And first of all, there's a million images. We set a PhD student, a PhD student like myself, going off and saying, here's a million images go and classify them. And he did 50,000 in a week. And then he said, I physically can't classify anymore. Please don't make me do anymore. So we thought we physically have to think of another way. There must be another way that we can do this. Instead of just one person looking at them, how many more people can we get to look at them? And this is where Galaxy Zoo was born. And this is why we need you as well. So what Galaxy Zoo does is it says, well, classifying a galaxy is really quite simple. So we think that you would be able to help us, and we set up this website. So we go on the website, Galaxy Zoo, and you get shown an image of a galaxy, just like here, and then you get asked a series of simple questions, okay? So that image there, okay, you get asked, is it smooth and round, or is it a disc with some features like spiral arms? And I'd hope you'd agree with me that, in that case, it actually has some spiral arms and some features. And then like we talked about before, we would ask people, does it have a bar? How tight are those arms? How many can you see in that picture? And then is there weird things happening like the mergers and the ring systems that I showed you before as well? And so once we have that classification for that galaxy, if any astronomer does want to look at sort of two armed loose spiral galaxies like the one shown there, they now know where to look for it because you guys have told them that that's what that galaxy is. So we launched this website and thought, OK, if everyone has about 30 classifications before they think, I don't really want to do any more, and we've got a million images, and we need to get these images looked at you know, a number of times, maybe 40 times each, so that we're definitely sure that this classification was correct, then maybe it would take us a couple of years. Maybe we'd be finishing around now. Well, actually, this is what happened. The number of classifications per hour we were getting after launch. And it didn't take years. It took around a month to finish all those a million galaxies because of how enthusiastic people were at getting involved with science like this themselves. Which I think is fantastic. So you might be thinking, well, you finished those million images, so why are you still talking to me about it? That's because now we've got more images. We're getting more and more each day. Astronomers want to see further and to more distant galaxies, (laughs) so they build bigger and better telescopes all the time. The latest one is called the EELT, the European Extremely Large Telescope. Astronomers are very inventive with names like that, but you can see how big it is. It's The size of Big Ben, it's going to take even smaller images than the ones I was talking about before, what the Hubble Deep Field took, because it's absolutely huge. And that's going to be in Chile, and it's been built in parts of it in Britain, and it's a fantastic, fantastic thing. But for the fact that it's going to give us so much data, we just don't know what to do with it. We almost can't store it that big. It's up to the sort of terabyte scale, you know, where whereas your computer can do gigabytes. That's how massive the amount of data we're gonna get. So Galaxy Zoo and sites like that are so important now because we need your help to classify all these galaxies that we're gonna see because there's just not enough of us, as I said. So your universe needs you to classify all of it. Otherwise, we're just not gonna get the chance to do that and it would be a real shame. And Galaxy Zoo lets you get involved with really cutting edge scientific research. And there's been things discovered that we just didn't discover before. And it turns out that even computers aren't as good as you guys as doing this. Anyone from the age of 5 up to 100 or even higher can get involved in this. Any time of the day, anywhere they like. And it's something that I think you'll agree is much better than spending 10 minutes on Facebook doing, spending 10 minutes classifying some galaxies. And with the beauty of science, everyone really does want to get involved. But it doesn't matter what you're interested in. if it's not astronomy interested if you've been brought here by a partner today or by your mum and dad and you're thinking i really don't want to be here because i'd rather be doing something about animals and or maybe some chemistry or some medicine that's fine too because after galaxy zoo launched all these other scientists thought this is a great idea i've got all this data as well that i also need help with classifying can your users help me out and so we've grown this Huge collection of projects now that you can get involved with. If you want to classify animals in the Serengeti, whether it's a zebra or a lion, or if you want to listen to whale noises and determine whether it, which one it sounds like, if you want to like, look at the DNA of cancer cells and look for mutations, look for plankton in the ocean, or even study the surface of the moon or Mars, look for black holes and their signatures. You can physically do anything with Zooniverse at the minute, and there's more projects every year coming out that you can get involved with that wouldn't be able to run and all the research that comes out of them wouldn't be able to happen if it wasn't for you guys. So please, we beg you, (laughs) your universe begs you, please get involved and help us as much as you can. Thank you.